Good morning. Good morning. Let's turn to page 215. Uh, today we're going to talk about dam, about the consumption or the prohibition of the consumption of blood. And what's interesting, as we'll see, we're going to go through six different sources. It's actually a seventh. I'm not sure why they didn't list it. Uh, but seven, there's seven different sources in the Torah that speak to the prohibition of blood, which we'll have to come back to, obviously, is strange. So many times to say the same thing. You know, certain mitzvahs get repeated. Certain mitzvahs don't. Uh, why is it that when it comes to the consumption of blood, that the Torah repeats it over and over and over again? That's one of the things we'll, we'll address. So today, today's class is going to be a little bit philosophical and a little bit uh, halachic as well. So we're going to spend some of the time understanding the rationale behind this mitzvah, um, as well as, the, as, well as uh, some of the practical applications. So let's read through the psukim pretty quickly. Uh, source number one on page 215. Chukas olam It is a, a law for you forever. Wherever you are. Uh, whenever it says it's coming to emphasize you may have thought it's only going to be true in the Beis HaMikdash. And you, right, because sometimes things you may think that it says what to do with the Karbanos specifically. The Chomosh Vosechem is usually coming to tell you no, it's not just the Beis HaMikdash. It's going to be true everywhere. And that's going to be especially true over here as we'll see, uh, especially in light of some of the the explanations. What is this? What is this eternal statute? Kolchelev vechol dam losochelu. All fats and all blood you shall not eat. Now, when it says kolchelev, it doesn't mean all fats. You probably have eaten a good amount of you know meat, fat, chicken fat, whatever it is. Uh, but as well, you know, we're not going to get into it today. But there's a whole type of fat which is known as chelev, and we are prohibited from eating a certain type of fat. Again, practically. Many of the, the, uh, those fats, when by the time you buy the meat shows up at the grocery store, that fat has been removed. So you don't really have to worry about it. Uh, but there's a type of fat which is called chelev, um, and that's the fat that is prohibited. Okay? Kosher food, or it's also been removed? Like, is it just removed in general, even for non-kosher? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, they would be eating it? Like I, I guess so. Like I guess so. Like what part? It's, uh, I studied this before. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't even, I forgot the name of the, of the ty- of what it's like, technical term is. I don't remember. It's on... It's on like one of the, fl- it's typically on the flanks. It's on, uh, I don't remember the name. There's a, there's a technical name. If you remind me after, I'll, 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 whatever, I'll send you. Okay. Okay. So another Pasuk, again in Vayikra, right? So Pasuk uh, in, in Vayikra, Perik Zion, source two, page 215. Again, blood you should not eat wherever you live. Again, not only in the base of Megdash, la'of of la'behema, um, of any bird or of any animal. Okay. So here we see that it's, that the blood is, there's this prohibition of blood, not only for uh, you don't know which animals, so it's telling you for birds and for animals, okay? And here we have the punishment. Anyone who eats blood, the person shall be cut off from his people. Okay, so kares. Kares is one of the most severe punishments. Kares means that a person's soul, uh, there are different ways of understanding it, but but one of the classic understandings is, is that, uh, we spoke about this for those who are the Parsha share, that you know, our, our soul is kind of like uh, the way the, 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 the mystics understand is our soul is like, almost like a rubber band you know, our soul is Our soul is a part of God, so to speak. And so, but yet we're here and we have our soul. So what's going on? It's God, it's not. No. So basically, you almost want to envision your soul as like uh, basically being like pulled from God and like somehow it's connected to your physical body. When we pass away, it go, like shoots back up to God. Kares is, it gets snipped. Kares is that the, the, the connection between us and God. There's more to say about this, but basically that connection we have with God is severed. So kares literally means to be cut off. Our soul is cut off. That's the most severe pun in Judaism. You know, our, our, the, the, the 
the, the only reward, the real reward that we have in Judaism is Olam Haba. Olam Haba is that proximity, that connection to God. So the greatest punishment is Kares, our soul being cut off, right? It happens, uh, you know, this punishment is found by the Karban Pesach. If a person it does not observe Karban Pesach, bris milah. So it's, it's, a, it's a big one. Kares is not a punishment that is thrown around too easily, okay? So over here we're told that a person who consumes blood, the punishment is Kares, meaning it's a very severe punishment. Yes? Good. We'll come back to rare meat soon. We'll come back to rare meat. Good. Good. Good question. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get back to that. So we'll have to see the parameters of this. Okay. Source number three on page two fifteen. Al to Israel. Therefore, I told the Jewish people, Call nefesh mi Every one of you should not eat blood. Vagera garbasochem And and the stranger, meaning someone who is not uh, who is a convert, or perhaps even those who live amongst the Jewish people, shall not eat blood. And here we have a bit of a rationale, and we'll have to parse this out, we'll have to understand this rationale, but the Pasuk tells us, Because the soul of a flesh is found in their blood. Our soul is found in our blood. Okay, you know, we ask kids sometimes, where's your neshama? They'll point to their, their heart, they'll point to their head. So the Pasuk says, our soul is found in the blood. We'll have to come back and see what that means, okay? I told the Jewish people, all the blood of your flesh you shall not eat. Because the soul of flesh is blood or in the blood. Again, anyone who eats it shall be cut off. So again, so we've seen a couple of details. One, can't eat blood. Two, uh, uh, animal as well as uh, birds, fowl. Uh, three, the punishment is kares. And four, some rationale about the soul and blood, something like that. We'll have to see how the commentators explain what exactly that means. Okay, let's keep on reading. Now these next psukim are in Devarim, source number four. You cannot eat blood. Okay, only blood should not be eaten. It shall be spilled on, like, on the ground like water. And here we have another mitzvah, which we're not going to get into too much, but there's a, there's a mitzvah of pouring the blood and also covering the blood, which comes up around here as well. And that is that when, when slaughtering takes place, uh, they slaughter the animal, they allow the blood to, to hit the floor, and then they cover the blood. There's this idea called kisoi hadam. Okay, so, um, and that is uh, alluded to, but it's spelled out also in these psukim as well. There's this mitzvah that when an sl- animal is slaughtered, we don't just allow the blood to hit the floor, we cover the blood, and we'll see, some of the explanations will touch upon what that's all about, okay? Chav um, Gimel, is the next pasuk on the bottom of the page. Rak chazak, be strong, levilti achal adam, so that you don't eat blood. Okay, so ki adam hua nefesh, again, because the blood is the soul, with lo socha nefesh a person should not eat the soul with the flesh, with the flesh. We'll come back, those words are important, but Rashi comments on these words, be very strong. You know, it seems like kind of funny, uh, you know, how strong do you have to be to not eat blood? You, most of us are disgusted by the, by the notion of eating blood. Um, so Rashi says, that's exactly the point. If by blood, you know, you, you know there, there is this idea that you have to be strong, so for sure we need extra strength. For all mitzvot, you know, sometimes we think that it's so easy, it's not too fair, we need, we need to strengthen ourselves uh, when it comes to avoiding sin. So for sure, you know, it's easy to avoid, like, so to speak, easy sins. For most of you know, not eating blood is not a biggest of deals. We're not like running after eating blood. Um, so for sure, we need to like extra strength for for us to abstain from um, other averas, which take much more, which are perhaps a little more attractive. Yes. The cause would be that <clears throat> at the time the Torah was given, that they weren't reviled. Right. By, right. You know, and if you came ingrained in us over, you know. Good. 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 
that's 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 definitely that's definitely could be the case, and that's the Rambam's approach, which we'll we'll come back to as well. Uh, assume that the Rambam does assume that uh, that blood was much more common, uh, consuming blood is much more common back in the day, and we'll 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 come back to that. Source number five, page two sixteen. Rak is damolo sochal lo sochel. A person should not eat blood. Only a person should not eat blood. Ala aretz is bechenok mayim. Again, that idea of pouring it on the ground like water. Source six. Vish ish beis yisrael min agar dam. Anyone who eats blood, God says, I'm going to place my face against that person. Meaning, I'm going to like pay my attention to this person. You know, it's not just a small sin, it's a big sin. I want to make sure this person gets punished. What's the punishment? As we saw earlier, the person will be cut off. Uh, the soul will be cut off from the nation. Uh, uh, because the soul of, uh, of flesh is in the blood. And I placed it, I gave it to you to place on the altar, because the blood will be atoned through the soul and through the blood. We'll have to understand all this. Okay, so again, there's a lot of ideas floating around. Yes? Some do, and we'll come come to some explanations in a moment. The other source, which he, which they don't list over here, I'm not sure why, is in 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 Noah in Parshas Noah after the flood. That's the first time we find this prohibition. We're told we're allowed to eat meat, but don't eat blood, right? So this this mitzvah starts already uh, when the first permission to eat meat comes about. Right before the times of Noah, they were vegetarians; they were not allowed to eat meat. After the flood, uh, they're they're given permission to eat meat for reasons beyond our discussion right now, and uh, then uh, part of that is permission to go ahead and eat blood, okay? Uh, sorry, prohibition against eating blood, excuse me. Okay, so um, seven times this prohibition is listed. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's like, it's up there, right? Uh, so why so many times? And why are so many of these times in Vayikra? Uh, these are some of the questions we'll address. We'll share a couple of different approaches uh, before we look at this, the source that he has. They, they over here only have a couple of the sources. I'll share a couple of the sources, uh, you know, outside. Um, so the first is the Rambam. The Rambam, this touched upon what Lisa was pointing out, and that is that the Rambam uh, posits that eating blood was part of the, uh, part of the service of many idols back in the day, okay? So back when the Torah was given, many idolaters were consuming blood as part of their service, okay? And we know we, have, we do have some indication of this historically that, you know, some, some pagan worship that, that consuming blood was, was, was certainly part of what they were doing. The Rambam in general has a theory. He explains like a good number of mitzvos as a way, uh, especially when it comes, let's say specifically, let's actually focus on karbanos. The Rambam's theory about karbanos, about sacrifices, the way many understand it is that the way many understand it, not all, is that really carbonos weren't necessary or God in an ideal world, in a perfect world, wouldn't give us carbonos, wouldn't tell us to do, engage in animal sacrifice. However, everyone was doing it. It was a thing to do. Every, the way that everyone served their gods was through animal sacrifice and therefore God said, okay, it's too hard to wean the Jewish people off of sacrifice entirely and therefore I'm going to say, you know, because all the idolaters were doing it, so, I, so God says, listen, Bring animals, but not to them, bring it to me. That was God's way of kind of weaning them off of it. Many commentators take the Rambam to task. Uh, the Ramban has a very long and, and powerful piece pointing out that this doesn't seem to add up, but we'll, we'll leave that on the side for now, longer discussion. But the Rambam in many places explains many mitzvos as a way of kind of distinguishing us from the idolaters. And he says the same thing with the blood, that, that uh, the reason that we are not allowed to eat blood is because many idolaters, when they would bring their offerings, would eat blood. And God is saying, you're going to bring offerings, but it's going to be very different. And we don't want to be like them. 
right? Which, by the way, explains why the context of at least many of the places that uh, the, the prohibition of blood is listed is in Vayikra. Vayikra is all about Karbanos. <clears throat> Excuse me. And therefore... <coughs> and therefore, it's listed specifically over here. That's the Rambam's approach. The Ramban, as I mentioned, does not like this approach. We'll come back to the Ramban uh, in a moment. Uh, another approach, a very different approach, is that it's meant to be some form of an expression of compassion to animals. This is the approach some later commentators take, that it's meant to be an expression of compassion. And they point out, again, what was the first time that uh, this prohibition against eating blood comes about? What did I say? By Noah, right? So really, really, there was, and we spoke about this two weeks ago in Shul, that really, according, at least according to some, of Albo, of Cook, there was this idea that we were, uh, that really animals were, were supposed to be much more part of our kingdom. We're supposed to have a different, very different relationship with animals. Animals were most supposed to be, not partners, but, but similar, you know, uh, junior partners, we'll call them, you know, in, in, in the world. They are much more of a relationship. Uh, ultimately, there was this notion, the way that Rev Cook writes it in one place, is that it was difficult enough for the human beings to not not kill people. So God said, you know, because that's what they were doing. God says, you know, let's, let's just stop killing people. It's okay with the animals. Let's, 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 uh, you know, let's, let's, let's focus on what we could handle. Let's, let's set you up for success. But within that, there is this, okay, it's too much, you know, so, but, but really, really, we shouldn't be eating animals either. And therefore, the whole prohibition of blood, and this is a hodgepodge of Rav Cook, Rav Alba, Rav Shadal, like a couple of different commentators, the way they explain it is that the whole idea of, 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 of salt, of, of getting rid of the blood, which we go through the process of salting to remove the blood, is to ensure that we, is to ensure that we don't eat the animal right away. Right? In other words, there's something really brazen and really like, I see the animal, I want the animal, boom, I kill the animal and eat the animal right away. When you go through the salting process, it takes time. There's a delay. There's a sense of like a little bit of respect, a little bit of reverence. And it's not just like you're not really eating animals. You are eating animals, but the animal's dead. It's a little bit of a separation from what you have. And the blood, not eating the blood, is almost like a way of saying, hey, we're not going to go that far. Uh, we saw the psukim that talk about the soul being in the, in the blood. There's a sense of like a little bit of reverence to the animals, which we're not really supposed to be eating to begin with. And Rav Cook explains also that's why we cover the blood. It's a sense of like almost like out of our shame. We're embarrassed that we're doing this. This is what we do. You know, it's bidiyavit. It's not ideal. Rav Cook parenthetically was more or less a vegetarian. Uh, but basically, we're, we're, we're covering the blood. So this is a very, uh, you know, yeah, this is the approach again. Shadal, Alba, Rav Cook, basically taking that very humanist, I hate using that word, animals, but whatever, you know what I mean, like a more compassionate approach um, in regards to animals and, and the ideal of animals. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're radically different. This is, yeah, like some people say vegetarianism is like, almost like fear Like, Okay, yeah, this is, look, uh, this is, this is, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, you know, you probably, yeah, I, I'm not sure if this is the most conventional approach, but, 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 you know, as, as, uh, Rav Cook, Rav Albo, these are, these are people, these are people, uh, you know, to, worthy of, of relying upon, but yeah, I mean, this is, you know, Co- correct. There are those who take a very different approach um, and, and argue vehemently against such an approach for different reasons. Again, we're not going to fully unpack. I'm unpacking probably more than I should, but but it's an approach, a, ver- a valid one, a valid one. Yes. I don't know if this is. I hope this is helpful. I don't know. This was, I heard this thing once about um, cannibalism. Okay. Ah. Okay. Person. Okay. So that's reminding me of this. Like, it's not, you're not trying to just take life force of the animal. Or, I don't know, whatever, however that connects, but like. Okay, so we'll, we'll, okay, good. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know why you're listening to podcasts on Fan 5 Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there is this idea, and the myst- more mystically inclined do take this approach of the, of the animal features, which we'll see in a moment. Let's see, let's see that together in the Ramban, actually. Uh, there's one more question. But yes, there are those who see this in a much more, uh, much more about like the powers that are, that are in- incorporated by, by consuming the blood. Yes. So many times that it's mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, the 
are other things that we learn about that are important that aren't mentioned as many times as this. So I'm just wondering, this is after after we came out of Mitzrayim. If I haven't, none of the ones quoted say, you know, don't do this like we you did in Mitzrayim. Right. If it does with some others, but I'm just wondering if there's any connection. I, Specifically, the Egyptians. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not, <coughs> I'm not sure if the Egyptians. Excuse me. We're eating blood. But but you reminded me to mention that that these commentators, some of them mention this is why it's repeated so much because really in an ideal world, prior to the flood, this was a form of murder, right? And so the reason it's meant, and that's why kares, the punishment is so severe. It's because this is on some level of form, like it's, there's this like tension in the sense that on the one hand there's this allowance to to kill animals, and at the same time there's a sense of it's also some form of, you know, it's something which really, really was not ideal. And therefore, blood being the, the safeguard around this, that's why it's mentioned and reiterated. Yes? I just, I'm sorry. But our, all our appeals are, we want to return to that both in the base and the So if it was a mm-hmm. less than ideal thing, mm-hmm. right, how is it? It doesn't make sense. It, uh, okay, this is a, a, lo- a longer discussion, but, but we, we, you know, the... Uh, uh, you know, th- th- these commentators, most, for two things. One is there is a place where of Cook, and this is the most controversial part of this whole approach, does seem to imply at a later point in the Messianic era, not in the beginning, not in the beginning, but there's the idea of a development. He does seem to imply that at a later point, he's actually mentioned based on a medrash, there seems to be, his, his theory seems to be, and again, it's his parish on the Tfilos, that at some later point, there will not be animal sacrifice. Okay. That does, to be clear, though, and this is, again, we're, we're, we're getting a little, but, but so I, I hear you. Uh, th- there are those who theorize the Rambam would say uh, that there wouldn't be carbonos uh, when the base ministers were built. That's not the case. Again, to be very clear, uh, the Rambam does say, state explicitly in, in, in the laws of what's going to take place in the base ministers rebuilt that there will be carbonos. The only question is, and this is where the Rav Cook comes in, that maybe at a later stage of Mashiach, which there's this understanding that's a progression of sorts, that maybe at a later stage, there will not be carbonos. So I don't know if that fully addressed your question, but yeah, yes, carbonos, but maybe as things continue to progress, no. Yeah. There are different things during the Right, right. He says there'll be todas, there'll be off, there'll be there'll be mincha offerings. But I'm saying all like our Yeah, that's what we're looking. We're looking forward to the the finish. When we get to that line, we're in a good place. We're in a good place. So the the Rav Cook's again, and many commentators say, and that's what's going to last. Rav Cook understands that as we want that. He's not the Rav Cook. No one, no one is suggesting uh, amendation to you know amending the the tefilos or anything like that. That's what we want. But he understands, seemingly understands, that there may be some point later, later, later on, beyond that point. But yes, we, we are, uh, you know, we're, we're davening that we could bring the Shama Parmas Vasein, you know, we want to bring the, we want, absolutely, 100%. None, none of these commentators are debating that point. Yeah, Shani. If, if eating animals is such a compromise and something that, you know, we have to recognize that we're taking a life and, and that means there's some value to the life and it's and there's some wrongness to it, but we get to do it because whatever. How come we waste so? How come there are all these prohibitions? You can't eat this part of the animal, you can't eat that part of the animal. Oh, we <coughs> throw out whole cows because of hole in the lung. Like, how can we waste so many animals and then say, well, we're really not supposed to be doing this in the first place? Yeah, I, 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 I think, you know, I think it, generally speaking, the way I'd see like those types of things, like some, there's competing values, meaning whatever trefa represents, whatever the value is, you know, of, of not eating a trefa, you know, is, is balanced, is, 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 is competing with the value of we don't want to waste. I mean, forget animals for a second. Waste in general is something that we... I just mean, we have to now kill another animal because we couldn't mm-hmm. eat this part of this. Right, I mean, right. So, so clearly whatever that value of you know, not having this part of the animal or, or not having this type of animal outweighs this piece. But, but it's not, 
I hear you. I'll, I'll, I'm not saying anything. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just restating the question as a, as a statement in the sense that yes, there. It's not just we're not. We shouldn't be callous and flippant. And for the most, for the. I mean, at least the way it works in slaughterhouses nowadays is, and I think back in the day is they would give it to non-Jews. It wasn't like they would throw these things away. Typically, uh, at least that's the way it works in like the modern slaughterhouses. I believe. Yeah, you give it to not. You give it even even. I mean, you give it to not. I mean, in Israel too, they have there's quite quite the trafe meat market. Um, no, no. So this was done. This is what you see in the you see in the post game. They would speak. I mean, and you're, you know they would sell it to the non-Jewish uh, you know meat producer, or whatever it is, um, at at you know a lower cost or whatever it's going to be. But, but yeah, that's it. Again, there's competing values. I hear you. I you know I, when when Karayin's always like, where do you draw the line on these on these values? I guess that that's that this this is where you draw the line. But but you're right. There's a certain tension over here. Wait, we want to. We're, we're so compassionate. We care. We care. We care. And yet there's so much there's so much waste. Yes. Uh, one way to look at it is like. Okay. In our, if the state is now we eat animals, and that's the thing, and it's not like we should try not to. It's just like eventually one day this, the state. Okay, this is like a, a remnant of it, right? So okay, that's a, that's a, that's a it's a fair way of like Rav, Rav Cook seemingly did not take that approach. Again, he was a quasi vegetarian, but maybe there you know so to TL's point that there's a sense of it's not that we are meant to hold this up and like build on this value. It's like hey, there's a reminder of the past, a reminder of a hope for a future. Or, or just reminding us of the respect of animals, but not in the way that we used to have to or whatever. I hear, I hear you, I hear you. Yes. In defense of Ro Cook, not that he needs my defense, Mm-mm. but um, just maybe all of this is to train us in the right direction. So that, in other words, don't Hashem isn't making it easy for us to go out and eat meat and to just be gluttonous. And do you know what I mean? Like we have to take into account all these things. So it's sort of pushing us in that direction of vegetarianism, so that per- perhaps building towards something else. Okay. 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 Good. Uh, one more. Let's see the Ramban inside. This is just a, qu- a, a clip from the Ramban. If you look at source number seven, and then we'll, we'll jump in some practical halachos. If you look at source number seven, Vaharawi, uh, the appropriate approach. He, this is after he argues on the Rambam. He writes, Shenefarish b'tam I'll explain the reason of the, the prohibition. Ki Hashem hatachdonim. God created all physical beings of the lower world, okay? L'tzorach adam for the sake of humans. Ki bahem makir boro. Because humans are the only ones who recognize God. Okay, so meaning everything in the world, as elevated or not elevated as it is, ultimately it's there to be in the service of humans so that humans could uh, fulfill the purpose of creation, which only takes place with a recognition of the cognizance of God. Nonetheless, even though God gave us the world at our disposal, initially, even though animals were part of what God gave to us, he didn't initially give us animals, any living things to eat, only vegetation. As God tells Adam and Chava that I've given you all herbage, all vegetation, etc., etc. And when the Mabel came about and they were saved in the merit of Noah, the animals, and Noah brought offerings and it was, so to speak, appeasing to God. At that moment, God permitted slaughtering. As it says there, All things that move are going to be um, for you like any vegetation. 
because it makes sense. Their existence is um, now because of man. Okay, so let's, let's pause over here. The Ramban over here is, is, you know, sharing what some see as the reason why we are now allowed to eat flesh, because really, he doesn't explain why we weren't initially, but he says once Noah saved them, then they almost like owed it to Noah. They owed it to Noah and they owed it to Noah's offspring. It's an explanation which needs some more explaining, uh, but that's what he seems to say, that the reason flesh, meat, become, animals become permitted is because of the fact that since uh, Noah saved them, therefore now they are, this is very different than Rav Cook's approach or Rav Alba's approach, he's saying since Noah saved them, now they are, they become like, uh, you know, depend, uh, they owe it to Noah because of the fact that he is the one who saved them. Okay, and his offspring, fine. Now, with that allowance, with that allowance, God gave them the bodies, um, the physical, the flesh, uh, for, for, for humans to have. For man's pleasure, for the benefit of us humans. But the soul will be used for atonement. When they are brought as offerings before Hashem. But not to be eaten. So he says that they're given to, to humans, but the flesh is given. In other words, what he's saying is like this. Really, the starting point is animals should not be eaten. Once they're eaten, they're going to be eaten and they're going to be permitted in a very restricted fashion. Flesh, you could flesh, skin, whatever, you could take advantage, you could use for yourself. But the, the soul, so to speak, is used for kapara. He ain't so but it's limited. It's limited because really the starting point is that none of it should be allowed. When it's allowed, it's going to be allowed in a limited uh, fashion, and then he adds a little bit more. He nefesh. A soul should not eat a soul. A, be- a spirit, someone who has a spirit, should not eat a soul. Ki kulan lakel. They all belong to God. Because the souls all belong to Hashem. So what he's saying over here is that when God allowed us to consume animals, he didn't go so far. Really, again, souls are, are lofty. Animals are lofty. It's simple. There's, there's, a, there's a, you know, an allusion to the approach of Rav Kook over here. Really, in some respects, animals are, are, are untouchable. Really, we shouldn't be able to eat them. But there is permission to eat them. But we're not going to go so far as to say we can even eat the, the soul, which there's this idea that the, blood, that the soul is found in the blood. So if that's true, the soul is found in the blood, then to eat the blood is eating the soul. That's already going too far. We are allowed to use the soul as a carbon, but we're not going to, you know, as part of the carbon, that's where we sprinkle blood and bring the blood on the, on, the, on the altar. But to go ahead and to eat the blood, that's already going too far. Really, it's a soul, and we're not going to uh, kind of like trespass that far into the animal kingdom. So it's, it's similar to Rav Kook and Rav Abba in the sense that there's this recognition of a certain uh, sanctity, a certain sacredness around animals. And so it's almost a way of saying we're not going to go so far. We're going to, the soul, the animals will be used, but we're not going to eat it because that's already... Going too far, yes. Is this where the witnesses get their prohibition against blood transfusion? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, yes. I have patience. Uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah? Are you raising your hand? Are you raising your hand? Oh, okay. okay. Uh, yes. Um, this might be a question for another time, but um, what about Hevel? Didn't he bring Corbanus according to Hegel that there were animals? So you're at, you're, you're, uh, oh, he asked on the Ramban. Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a question on. It's a question on this Ramban. It's a question on, on the Ramban who says that it's it's to counter idolatry. And then and just like the nephew here is talking about life force. Like it's not talking about a soul like connected. Yeah, it's a lower part. It's it's what we'll call the lower part of the soul. Life force, which is the lower part of the soul. Yeah, the blood animate. The blood keeps keeps us going. The blood is what what caused me to move my hands randomly. Okay. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, Are you raising your hand? Uh. Yeah, so, <clears throat> we, like, on Shabbos, um, like, we, we, we cite meat as the thing that elevates the Shabbos. Like, in those mirrors, it's like, and you should eat all these things. And so, like, what's that about? Because in our reality, in our reality, it is, it is. If it's, if it's some sort of a compromise, which is okay, for whatever reasons it is, but on, like, to acknowledge or to, like, you know, give honor to our holiest times, right. we turn to this thing, which is... The simple answer is that in our reality, this, at the end of the day, you know, we deal, you know, we, we deal with the, real, the world as we know. For those of us who like meat, meat is better than broccoli, right? I'm saying so, okay, so we elevate it. So, okay, so I'm saying so, it's, 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 it's a practical statement. So the more mystical approach, and Rav Cook, by the way, apparently ate meat on Shabbos, is that because of the, because, you know, there's something special and elevated about specifically uh, being el- able to elevate the meats in this regard. But that's not my department. Right? There's something... Can I, this might be a side question, but I, I think I heard somewhere that the... Corbanos that were brought in the base of Mikdash were initially an attempt to like steer us away from. This is the Ramam's, That's the Ramam's approach. That's the Ramam's approach, which everyone re- rejects for for very. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yes, this is the Ramam's approach, and and that's he explains blood in the same context. The Ramban has some pretty compelling questions on this approach. So so one last thing we're not going to read inside so the Orachaim, and this was mentioned before the cannibalism. I'm, I mixed up with the Ramban. The the Orachaim, which you can read for yourself in source number eight, basically talks about the fact that by eating the soul, we be like we incorporate the soul by eating the blood, which the Torah says is where the the soul the life force, you know, the part of the soul is found, uh, it basically incorporates within us too much of the mitos, the characteristics of the animal, and therefore we stay away from it. Okay, this is the philosophy part of our class. Um, a little sampling of some of the reasons. Let's, let's see what this means for us practically, okay? So let's jump into some of the halachos. If you turn to page 218, let's, let's learn together. Okay, the chomer badam. So source 218, the, the mission over here is talking about con- contrasting blood with other prohibitions. Um, so the stringency about the prohibition of blood, shadam noheg bebehema vichaya veof. That the prohibition of blood applies to domesticated animals, wild animals, to birds, both that are kosher and non-kosher. Okay, so the prohibition against eating blood is going to be true for all animals, all fowl. Uh, you cannot have their blood. Let's skip the Rambam for now. Let's go, go to source 11. Um, he does, the, the source over here don't really go into um, the, the, the process over here because... Practically over here, maybe you probably remember your parents or maybe you at one point salting things, right? Okay, but uh, nowadays, and we, we don't salt. We don't typically salt our, our meat. We, you know, it's, uh, as we spoke about, you know, in Israel, liver and something sometimes a little bit different. Uh, but, but for the most part, the meat that we're buying uh, is not salted. So the salting process just, kosher. it's kosher already, right? Koshering, which is the same as uh, salting, right, is, 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 is already done. Nowadays, it's already done. Um, actually, the, the, you know, they used to put on hooks, right, for the blood to drop. Uh, so the... So, you know, we, the house we, we, we live in is, you know, is, was built like 120 years ago or so in the basement, uh, which was completely not used. But basically the basement had like hooks hanging on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, scared the kids. I was like, oh, yeah, they used to hang people there. <laughs> <laughs> Told them very quickly. Okay, sorry. Yes. We mentioned liver. I remember a couple weeks ago I asked why the spiders don't eat liver. Oh. Um, so I asked our party friend who doesn't eat liver. He said because, no, it's tying in. That's the place that has the most blood. Mm, interesting. They believe that the liver is the seat of the soul. Interesting. So that's not brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. That's very interesting. I don't know interesting. Where you get it from, okay. That's what interesting. You get. The very interesting. Where the soul is. 
Very interesting. So, uh, the short end of it is the salting process. It's a process where they first, you know, after slaughtering, they wash the meat off and then they put salt, you know, a certain amount of salt, you know, not too thick salt, not too thin salt. They pour it on, put on the animal and they sit in the salt and then they wash it off. Um, that's the, that's the, 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 the process of salting goes to find that, I mean, that's a bad summary of the process of salting. Uh, one important halacha, which again, not really relevant because the meat you buy has already been salted or kashered, is that, uh, meat has to be salted right away within 72 hours of the slaughtering. Okay. If it doesn't, the idea is that the blood gets too, so to speak, trapped in the meat and, uh, halachically the, the salting doesn't work unless... Unless they wash the meat, uh, in be- unless they, they rinse the meat in between. So if they rinse the meat in between for, within the 72 hours, then that kind of pushes it off. That gives you another 72 hours. There's a uh, Rabbi uh, uh, Emanuel Feldman had a book called like The Show Without a Clock. I'm sure it was a very popular book. Anyways, he talks about like the, the life of rabbis in Atlanta, which had nothing at the time. And he remember like he's describing going on vacation. Um, this is a rabbi's like nightmare going on vacation. Something like emergency comes up. So he's about to go on vacation and he gets a call or something like that. And basically gets a call. There was a truck that was stuck. It was on its way to, I think, Maryland, um, and it was stuck, and it had all this meat that they had slaughtered, and it was going to be within the 72-hour range, and this meat, pa- meat this, this truck packed with meat, and so Rabbi you know, Feldman basically went out there with the hose and basically you know, describes hosing down all the meat to enable them to be able to do the costuring process by the time it got to wherever the destination was. Uh, but that, again, these are things that don't ever cross our mind, because by the time you see the OU, the Starke, the whatever, whatever, it already has been salted, it already been koshered, so that's not an issue. Um, so if you look at Source 11, he says, like, this safer kashrus hakonim baser behema chayva of shchutim a person who buys slaughtered uh, meat or fowl etc. Chova lem levarim nasasa hachshara kedin labaser. You have to make sure that the kashring was done properly. Vim lav and if it wasn't yesh levada. You have to ascertain kamazman avar menashchita. Uh, because you have to find out how much time it was since it was slaughtered. Because if it's too long, then uh, the kashering will not take effect. As I said, you know, 72 hours. Um, in the places which are, which uh, the, the, the mahadrin, kashrus organizations, generally speaking, it's only the flesh is sold. Only after the kashering process. Nonetheless, the ofen baral Atifa, uh, it should be clearly specified in the package. Again, I, I don't even think they say kosher. When you buy meat, it doesn't it just says OU? It just says Starke, right? It doesn't say kosher, right? It just what says. Yeah, that's what it means. I mean, that's what it's, yeah. So I think, I think in Israel. So I, I don't know. I don't know. He's writing this in Israel. It seems like there might be some distinction. Some places they don't they 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 don't kosher it, but. It used to say right. But I don't even do they even say that. I think it's just so understood. All the Interesting. Interesting. But when it comes, comes to us, plumba, it's not. Yeah, right, 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 right. But that's. My yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was his yeah, role. That was his job. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that young. Uh, yeah, but you're right. We don't, we don't get those in, right? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. So I, it's, I guess the point is that, you know, this is dated. Or again, it could be in Israel. I don't know. I don't know. But certainly in America. Not everything's flat. So maybe they really. There's certain things they sell without kashering. It could be. Certainly the liver is not, right? Again, just keep in mind, in Israel, certainly you will find liver that is not kashered. Again, in America, I believe no kashering agency will sell liver without being kashered, which means you're already getting it, like, made. Um, yes. Kosher, but I didn't know what went into the meat, you know, 
and you start reading all these things you have to do, I was like, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did someone teach you the laws of salting? Okay, yeah. Well, you know, they thought he gave me a book, and I was like, okay, I'm assuming they don't do that with, with Balik Shub anymore, you know, like just throw these so often. For some reason, they still make rabbis get tested on the laws of Malicha, which is. I haven't salted an animal in my life. I haven't walked into a slaughterhouse in my life. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that was a bad mistake. Um, <laughs> okay, so I don't know why they did this to you. But you're quite, you, you, uh, Ellen, you asked about rare meat, right? You asked about, yeah. So, so, okay, so let's say you go through the slaughtering process, and now you get yourself a rare steak. You like a rare steak, whatever it is, and you just cut it, and all of a sudden it's like oozing out with what looks like what is blood, what we would call blood, right? So halachically, the, the, the idea is, and we could theorize why, but, but halachically, once it goes to the salting process, you know, there, there's a general question we have to ask ourselves at any point, like, what's meat, what's blood? You know, you know the, 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 the line between them, you know, is, is, is thin. You know, what obviously one is liquid, one is not. Uh, but the point is, halachically speaking, once it goes through the salting process, once it was kashered properly, any blood that comes out afterwards is not considered blood. The halachic term is it's called the water of blood. It's not blood. It's not blood. So for you, yes, you can get a rare steak. Uh, it's not a problem. Uh, you know, there's a, which are not discussion we're having right now, but, but sometimes you'll, 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 you know, if, if you're, you have an, uh, like a, with chicken, sometimes they have, you know, you'll see like blood, a lot of blood somewhere. That's if it's broken. That's a whole discussion. So we're not going to get into But if it's not broken and you see some blood around there, that's not, that's not what we're, once it's been koshered, you don't have to worry about that. Yes. So I was in the Star K office and I had a sign on the wall about chicken and blood. Okay. And very soon after that, I saw a piece of chicken with blood. So I called the Star K and the guy had the, the rabbi had the phone. He's like, it's never a problem. Like, if it has Star K on it, believe me, it's, it's like, it's so rare. Because I was like, oh, God, these blood and the chicken and the sign on the, on the wall. And he said, no. It's but not with a broken bone. He said just blood in general. He said, he said, if it's in the package, you can assume okay. that it's fine. You heard it here first. Like, I, I, okay. <laughs> I was, I was play with Star K, but that's what he told me. And I was like, are you sure I shouldn't get checked? Check so I, yeah. Okay. Like, so. You know, I think we're going to have a short class on broken bones because it does come, it does, the question comes up. Okay, so mental note, if I don't remember, I have bad memory sometimes, so please remind me, but let's, let's, that should be part of our, our unit over here. Generally, just blood on its own, certainly not. Even with broken bones, I have, like, like you rarely found a time when, when, uh, when it'd be an issue, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to discuss that at later points before, when we finish this uh, section over here. So thank you. We'll, we'll come back to that. But yes. Definitely ask before throwing away. Definitely, definitely, definitely ask before throwing it away. Um, okay, so that's, so that's the bottom line with blood. Again, so most of these halachos are not relevant to us in the biblical sense, in the biblical sense, because we're not, by the time the, blood, the, the meat comes to us, the chicken comes to us, it's been kosher, okay? Where it does come up sometimes is in the rabbinic realm, and that is a realm called maras ayin. Okay, Maris Ayan is a situation where something, where you do something which may look like you are in violation of a biblical prohibition. The Allah is you can't do such things and, you know, there are parameters around, around such laws, but there is an issue of Maris Ayan around blood, around blood as well. Okay, so the first example we'll give is one uh, which is not too relevant, but let's look at source number 12. Dam Dagin. So the, the blood of fish, okay? Fish have blood as well. Afapishu mutter, even though it's permitted. In other words, you don't have to kosher fish. You don't salt fish. Imkvatso bichli. If let's say you gathered a whole bunch of blood of a fish into a cup. Aser mishum marasayin. Biblically speaking, no problem. But there's a concern someone who sees it will think that you are drinking the blood of an animal, and therefore you can't do so. Lefikach, therefore, im nikr shumidagim, if it's clear that it's from fish, kigon shiishbo kaskasim. Let's say you put the scales, it just got even grosser, right? You put the scales, I'm sorry, you put the scales into the cup with the blood, mutter, then it's permitted. Okay, it's not, obviously not coming up. What? What a relief. What a relief, that's right. Okay, so, so. 
I'm just, okay. But this is relevant. This whole idea is relevant for human blood, which, which will have some, a few small practical cases. Again, Bottom line is what that means is you don't have to kosher fish, but there is this idea of maris ayin that does come up, uh, which we have to be cognizant of to make sure that no one sees us doing something which may look like we are consuming blood. Um, but if you are able to avoid maris ayin, you're able to do it in a way that it's clear it's not blood of an animal, that would be fine. So let's, with that in mind, let's turn the page and let's start talking about human blood. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's turn the page, okay? So source 14. Uh, this is from the Gemara in Chrysos. The Gemara says like this. Dam hatachol, blood of the spleen. Dam alev, blood of the heart. Dam aklaios, blood of the kidneys. Um, Dam ivarim, blood of the limbs. Are elu say it is a negative prohibition, okay? So a person who eats the blood from any, more or less any part of the animal, uh, it is, uh, it is uh, losa say a person is in transgression of a prohibition. Dam meholche shtayim. Blood from those who walk on to, i.e. humans. Dam shratzim ramasim, blood from creeping animals, crawling things. Asr, vein chayavin alav. It's forbidden, but you are not liable. Okay, so the, when it, where it says that, it sounds like there is, there is some, le, there's some level of prohibition. However, the Gemara pushes back. It asks from a uh, brysa. Okay, so, so the Gemara says, What is the implication of the words, you are not liable for it? Kares, it implies that there is a negative prohibition, meaning it's biblically prohibited. This is no kares. Okay, so it's a level down. The Gemara says that can't be. Vatanya, we learned in a brysa. Okay, so again, we spoke about this before. Brysa is like a Mishnah. Mishnah was codified around the year three to 500 or so. Um, and basically, those are the most authoritative collection of oral traditions. After that was codified, some individuals came along and created different lists of teachings known as brysos. Uh, the word bar means outside in Aramaic. So it's not part of the codification. It's on the outside, but they still have some level of authority. And oftentimes in the Gemara, a brysa will be brought up to ask a question on a statement um, like, hey, you said this, but the brysa says, you said X, the brysa says Y, and they'll try to reconcile the brysa's teaching with the other teaching. So he, they only give us a snippet of this conversation, but this next brysa is going to be very important because what does the brysa teach us? Dam shagabe kikar, if let's say there is blood on a loaf of bread. What that means, I'm eating a loaf of bread and I look down, I didn't floss enough or whatever it is, and there is, uh, you know, some blood. Some blood came out of whatever it was. There's some blood that came from my mouth that is on the bread. Okay, so what is the halacha? Goruro ve'ochlo. You like uh, scratch it off and then you can eat it. In other words, you cut off that, that little space, whatever was absorbed by the blood, and you can eat it. Shalbein hashinayim, but if the blood that is between my teeth, meaning I, I bit my, my, uh, my cheek or uh, there's some, some blood from, my, from within my mouth, it's in my mouth, motzitzo, I'm allowed to suck on it, uvolo, and swallow it, ve'eno choshesh, and I don't have to worry. Okay, so what comes out of this Gemara, and again, the Gemara goes back and forth, comes out of this Gemara and is basically saying, no, with human blood, there isn't even a level of biblical prohibition, right? The Gemara's first assumption was, no, not kares, but it's still biblically prohibited. The Gemara says, no, you see from this Bryce, if I'm allowed to swallow the blood of my mouth, clearly human blood is not the same as, is not saying that it's forbidden. But what's going on? Why in my mouth am I allowed to swallow it? Why in a piece of bread am I not? What's the rationale? Marasayin. In other words, if it's outside my mouth, so you see it's something which is like, it's something separate. Where did this blood come from? Now, it's very logical to assume it probably came from my mouth and not from the fact that I dipped it into the dead cat next to me. But the assumption is, but, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I apologize. My wife tells me I'm allowed to do this. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, um, but the point is that clearly, you know, it, it, we could make the connection, but, it's, but there's a separation. It's not in my body, right? But if it's in my mouth, it's in my mouth. Of course it came from my body. I'm allowed to swallow it. That's so basically it's clearly an issue of Maris Ayin. And the Gemara is telling us that, uh, you know, that basically as long as it's 
it's, it's like in my mouth, it's clear that it's coming from me. Anywhere separate from my mouth, that's not going to be the case. No, be a Maris Ayin issue, right? So on the piece of bread or on the apple, right? The apple is probably or whatever, something like that, right? Um, my apples oftentimes, I'm going, you know, basically you're going to keep on rinsing it off or rubbing it off to get rid of the blood. That would be the issue. That's the way it's, we'll see it's codified in a second. Um, but, but blood that's in one's mouth, that would not be the case. Let's see the codification and then we'll take some questions. Let's, let's see the, let's look at source 16. Dam Adam. Blood of a person. Impirish mimenu. If it's separate from the person, aster misho maris ayin. It is prohibited because of the rabbinic prohibition called maris ayin. Lefikach, therefore, nasha hakikar bishina. A person bites a roll with their teeth. Um, keep in mind, their rolls are like our apples, right? You know, their, bro- their bread oftentimes is quite hard. Our bread is nice and a little mushy, right? Very mushy. It's a rare for it to come on bread. Um, so, Apples would be the example. And the blood from one's teeth goes onto the roll. You have to scrape it off. But again, if there's blood that's stuck between one's teeth and one's mouth, so a person's allowed to kind of suck on it and they don't have to spit it out. Okay, yes. So I just want to go back a little bit. I understand practically we're all really lucky that we can do this and it's not charis. But philosophically, one would think that if the nefesh is in the blood, that this would be a higher level of charis than an animal. I, I, I hear you. Um, I hear you. You know, certainly some of the approaches, some of the approaches, this is where it gets tricky with, uh, I, I always get nervous around tamia mitzvos. You know, with, with reasons for mitzvos because sometimes we take those reasons and we, we draw, conclude, you know, the most dangerous case of this is... Because, they, like, they already said... Well, the Torah says... The Torah says, the Torah says a cryptic statement. The, blood, the, the nephesh is in the blood. I don't know so. what that... But that could mean, clearly... Like a number of different things. I only gave you a small sampling, meaning it can mean a bunch of different things. You're right. The Torah is one of the few places where the Torah does give a reason. Okay. Uh, yes, one, one could theorize that that's the case. I would point out that according to some approaches, at least, the concern was uh, a degradation of animals that would not apply uh, to human blood. At least that'd be how some would, would approach it. Or that we were afraid to incorporate the animal characteristics that also wouldn't apply if it's my own blood. So some of those reasons do add up. But if it's that the soul belongs to God and you... Yeah, but it was, okay, that was in the context of even the Ramban. The Ramban's a little bit complicated to understand, but he was saying, yeah, okay, so maybe according to some, you're right, you're right. So according to some, this would be a question, I'm just pointing out, according to some explanations, it was more about animals, it was more about death, it would not necessarily be, be, be an issue. Yes? Right. Well, the question would be, you're right, the Torah is given not to angels, right? But if you know that you're, 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 you've just pulled a tooth out, you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if there's a prohibition against blood, you'd have to do everything in your power. You'd have to sit there spitting and spitting, which we do to some extent, to some extent. But we'd have to go ahead and like really, really make sure and like really dry it off. That would be the halacha. You know, it would be hard. It'd be hard. Oh, we're do that. I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I mean, it's been a while since the tooth fell out. But, but you know, we're, 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 we do do a decent amount of, I, I did a decent amount of work to make sure I'm not swamped. But you're right. There's always going to be plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's gonna, there'd be certain times it'd be difficult, but by there, there may have been a different set of laws had we not been able to swallow our own blood. We'll see one practical, one other example, which is somewhere between these, these two, which, which, which is very relevant. But I kind of feel like this is one of those words, you know, Low as mine. Right, yeah, right, you know, right. I hear you. That would be impossible to do. That's, that's fair. Yes. And when it says people, creatures that walk on two, is that counting primates or just. <laughs> what about birds? Chickens? Clearly not. Uh, I think it's just a term that's used for humans. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay. And then also, you know how like, kids sometimes they get a cut? So, like, 
Ah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Right? So what do you think? Based on what we said, what do you think? Right? So we saw on the apple, no. In my mouth, yes. Okay? And again, the issue is marasayan, right? So what about if it's on my finger, right? If it's on my finger, am I allowed to go ahead and suck on it? So I would think that whatever's already bled out, you should wash off. But then you could maybe stick your finger in your mouth for what hasn't come out yet. Okay, for what? Because why? Because that's similar to what's what's in my mouth. It's clear. It's like custom. It's like the scales in the and no one sees it. It's in my mouth. Okay, okay. They spit it out. They spit it out. But everyone can see your everyone can see your fingers bleeding. Yeah. So it's not Good. Good. Okay. Everyone can see your finger. Okay. But you're saying you're both saying two two different things. You're saying everyone sees my fingers bleeding, and therefore it's not an issue. Yeah, 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 you know, that's good. I, I'm just trying to parse, parse out the difference. You're saying that because my, my finger's still bleeding, therefore it's clear it's coming from my hand. You're saying, almost, lot, you're saying the blood's gone, uh, but if I put it in my mouth, it's not going to be an issue. Okay, good. Um, one, more, one more point we have to see before we get to that. The COVID Shurim, um, or Vachan and Wasserman, asked the following question. This is not so well known, and this, is a, this comes up all the time. Whenever there is an Isser called Maris Ayin, and Maris Ayin doesn't always apply, it's, it's beyond the scope of our conversation today to discuss the parameters of Maris Ayin. But whenever the concept of Maris Ayin applies, okay, um, let's, certainly by biblical, by biblical, mitz, by biblical um, prohibitions, uh, there is an issue of Maris Ayin, okay? Um, that, you know, that if something looks like you did something biblical, uh, then there is something called, then Maris Ayin applies. And when Maris Ayin applies, Maris Ayin applies both externally as well as Bechadre Chadarim, the Gemara says, even behind closed doors. This is like one of our big misconceptions. By rabbinic Maris Ayans, it doesn't. But let's say, you know, a good example of this is, uh, you know, there, there are certain limitations on where you're allowed to hang. Yesterday was, was, was raining, so a lot of people are walking outside without coats, whatever it was, and then you have your clothing is soaked, right? So you're not allowed, there's a prohibition against hanging wet items in a place where typically, like, dry, uh, wet items are hung. Hanged, hanged, hanged. Uh, and that's, no, I think it's hanged. Uh, hanged, hanged, hanged Only people? Okay, yeah, thank you all. This is great. I, thank you all. Thank you. Okay, great. Okay. I always used to say hung, but I guess we have a people and be like, it's hanged. Okay, fine. Thank you. Okay, now I know why. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, okay, so nowadays, many of us don't necessarily have a place to hang uh, wet items. Maybe you do, okay, but maybe put in the bath, but it's not like a designated place. But let's say you had a designated place where you ha- hang wet items, okay? Certainly back in the day, that's what you did. You had your, right? So let's say you, let's, let's just consider this back in the day. You came back, it was cold, wet outside, and then you took your, uh, you took your, your jacket off. You put it in the, uh, yeah, but you might be hanging dry things as well. But let's say you put it on the, the clothesline, right? So I, I didn't wash it, right? But it looks like I may have washed it. That's Marasine. Okay, Marasine. Oh, but you might say, well, hey, it's in my, but I, I don't put the clothesline outside, right? I put it, in, I have it in my, in my laundry room. I just have a little clothesline, mini clothesline. I'm allowed to do it. No. It's halakhically asr because it's a biblical prohibition, and therefore, I am not allowed to even hang it in a private place. Yes, Shelley. So you're really talking about places where you would hang laundry as opposed to, let's say I have uh, a place where it looks like a nice um, tray and hooks for, let's say I live in Seattle, you know, and there's a lot of rain. <laughs> so the place to throw the raincoats, you're not talking about the place to put the raincoats, you're talking about the place to put the so I'm, I'm, deli- I, I, I'm deliberately leaving that place out. It's, there's discussion about like what other place included, but certainly that place would be would be involved. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I just, without going too deeply into it, because yeah, there is some discussion about places which are like sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, or things of that nature, um, where I might hang like my wet coats, but I won't hang my dry coats. Um, bathrooms, you know, bathtubs is like a nice natural place, but certainly. So I, my, my point is, I'm sorry, I don't want to, like, but my point so is. Can you hang it in a bathtub? 
If, if you never hang things that you should not hang in the bathtub, the post can more or less come out. You should not hang in the bathtub. But when wet clothes, you can't hang in the You know where you hang your laundry. You can't put the wet clothes in the laundry. You should not put your wet clothes. You should put it like somewhere else. Even though that's where you put the wet clothes when they come in. Yeah, because you also put wet because you also put wet laundry there, and therefore you shouldn't. Oh boy. Okay. Well, that's important. I guess it's important. But bottom line is, it should it should be put in a place which is which is you know a place where you're putting dry and wet. Like if that if I'm understanding your example correct is fine. If like you but like you're you're but if you place in a place where you only place wet items, oh boy, I'm, okay, uh, place where I only place wet items, uh, like a bathtub, you shouldn't place it there on Shabbos. You really shouldn't, so you put it over a door, whatever it is, it's not, not perfect. Um, yeah, okay. It will just rain Shabbos, so everybody's a little like, you know. Yeah, it rains all the time. Only Shabbos, only Shabbos in Baltimore. I'm just thinking, what did I do yesterday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now we know, now we know. Yeah. But you, if you ha- we're hang wet stuff, like my kids like bathing suits, I'm gonna hang in the bathtub. That's right, hang wet stuff. I can't. Even... I'm not sure. Okay, fine. I have two things to come back to next week because I want. I need to get home. Uh, so just call it. <laughs> so, so the two things we're gonna get back to next week is trefos. Okay, um, the broken bones, and we'll we'll get, we'll delve a little bit deeper into Marasine. But for now, for now, let's focus on on the, the basic principle which we're gonna walk away with. God willing, and some, I'm gonna try to remember uh, is that. Um, um, is the basic principle is that Maris Ayin applies even bechadri chadarm, even behind closed doors. Remember, it's a biblical prohibition. It, even if you say, well, no one's going into my, I'm, I did it in my personal ensuite bathroom. No one's walking in there, right? I am living, it's my only person in the house. No one's walking in there. Too bad. Maris Ayin applies even in private for biblical reasons. Okay, that's the, that's the halacha. Can you talk about that next week? Why? Yeah. We could try. We're never going to... Okay, maybe. Okay, okay. God willing. I guess. I, I guess so. I guess so. This seems to be uh, on everyone's mind. Can you, can you throw, like, dry stuff there every once in a while? Just that's a good question. Okay. You're all giving me homework. Okay. So we're going to have a discussion next week. Uh, yes, Ellen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to the questions. I'm not going to address them all. If something is marked vegan, yeah. does it also have to have... I would buy things only with a kosher symbol. I would recommend buying things only with a kosher symbol. There are exceptional, exceptional cases where you can know for sure, meaning raw items, certain raw items, and we'll talk about insect checking, which is going to be a, a bit of a doozy. It's a bit of a discussion. So, so, but like if you have something which you know has no insect, like alm, dry almonds or something like that, uh, there's no issue. But generally speaking, I would only buy with that. If you're, that's what you're doing, Keep on doing it. Yes. Last week you asked us what you should do next, and I was actually already thinking about this. Maybe the uh, Shalos Malachos. Shalos Malachos. Okay, with an emphasis on Marasayan. That will or minor on Marasayan. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. Okay, okay, good. Whew. Okay, so the question is Maris Ayin. So let's now. Now we have a little bit of an inkling. We need to do more, but let's look at source seventeen. Bekasha, uh, Aster of Chanan Wasserman. Following question, he was a student of Chavitz Chaim. Uh, fascinating life story. Okay, to call Makom She Asherim Maris Ayin. Any time, as we just learned, any time that Maris Ayin is prohibited, Afilu Bechadri Chadar Master. It's even forbidden, even behind closed doors. So what's he asking? He's asking if I have blood in my mouth, it's Bechadri Chadarim. It's behind closed doors. If it's mar- if the maris ayin is the issue over here, it's a biblical prohibition of having blood, and it's maris ayin. Mali, what's the difference if it's in my bathroom, which no one goes into, which I double locked and and, and you know and said no, no trespassing sign, or in my mouth? Both of those are hidden. One is allowed, one is not. What's the deal? So he says like he says a fast, a very interesting approach. Vitzarach Lomer, you have to say the dafka bechadre chadarim. 
specifically in innermost rooms, after Achshav ain't Sham Ish, even though there's no person there now. Okay, it must be that the principle is that the rule of, that when, when our sages said that Maris Ayin applies even behind closed doors, they only applied it to places where people could theoretically be. Since someone could theoretically walk into my bathroom, even if I told them not to, they could walk into my bathroom and they'll be there. Therefore, that's a place where Maris Ayin applies. Whereas in my mouth, no one's coming in. Okay, it's my mouth, right? So therefore, the prohibition of Maris Ayin wouldn't apply over there because the fact that it's, uh, there's no chadre there's no chadarm over there because the fact that it's in my mouth. Okay, because again, it's a place where no one could ever even theoretically come because you just freak, you can't get in. It's, it's my mouth, right? As opposed to behind closed doors, it's a place where theoretically people could come in. Yes. Okay, so that, that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think his point is like Maris Ayin is going to apply to locations where people are frequenting, even if they're not frequently there. Whereas locations which is like, yes, I, I could obviously open my mouth, forget the dentist. They didn't have dentist, but I got open even... Questions them. I could open my mouth and I could show people, you know, the blood in my mouth. Still, that's just a place where people are not at. And therefore, it's not including that prohibition. Now, many disagree at this point and say, no, the reason my mouth is allowed is not, you know, the question doesn't even exist. The, 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 the issue, it's not that my mouth is hidden and therefore there's no marasayan. It's like the case of the scales. The reason my mouth, that's kind of the way I framed it to begin with, which made this question not so compelling. Because the reason my mouth it's allowed is not because of the fact that it's hidden away and no one can see it. The reason is because it's coming, it's in my gums, it's in my teeth. It's clearly from my mouth, and that's why it's allowed. Okay? And that, I think, is really the, the approach that most take. To the point, if you turn the page to source 19, to page 222, um, Amar, and this Tosos increases, it says, um, that that we said that people who walk on, meaning people, um, that it's forbidden, that they allow, that it's forbidden. It's only when you don't know where it comes from. And here are the key words, if one's finger is dripping blood, shari, okay, then it's allowed. It's coming from there. There's no place for any confusion as to where this blood came from. My finger is dripping. So a person, uh, you know, gets a bris mila. The blood is coming out. There's some blood moving out, okay? And mitzitza at that point, um, even though they do spit it out, but theoretically, let's say they didn't spit it out, whatever it is, the bottom line is there's blood coming out. Similarly, a child has blood coming from their finger and they go ahead and they put it in their mouth. That's fine. The question and the debate is what happens after the blood stops dripping, right? So Tosa says, right? It's dripping. If you look at the Ben Yishchai, source 20 says, if one's finger is dripping blood, a person's allowed to put the finger in their mouth if the blood is dripping. Again, maybe a little gross to you and I, but again, there it's more evident. There's more, right? This is the way I think Karen was, was framing it. If it stops dripping, and the finger just remains bloody, right? You're right. Once it's in the mouth, you don't see it. But the, we, the, we did say by the, by, the, by the loaf of bread or the apple, also when it's in the mouth, you don't see it. But still, since there's blood here, it's outside my mouth, and then I put it in, that's still included in the Mara sign. Since even though when it's in my mouth, you don't see it, but I see it go into my mouth, and there's blood on the outside. So similarly, the Benish Chai says, when the finger's dripping, that's like there's scales in the, in the, in the blood. That's what Tos was saying. When it stops dripping, and my finger's just a little, like, bloody, then it's like blood on a... Uh, 
blood on a loaf of bread, and it's not as clear that it's coming from my hand. One could argue, you know, if you have a big cut or whatever it is, it's clear, it's not like on a piece of bread. And there are more lenient views who say that it sh- you, you could place the, the finger in one's mouth or whatever, the cut in one's mouth, even after the blood dries off, because the fact that they argue that, it, no, it's clear, you see the cut over there, and therefore it's different than a loaf of bread or an apple, um, and therefore there are some who allow it. Uh, the simple read of Tosos' terminology is seem- seemingly says, mitaftef. It's specifically when it's dripping, that's when it's allowed, but once it stops, a person should ideally not. Again, with a child, there's certainly what to rely upon. I wouldn't, uh, you know, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stop the child from doing so. Okay, so next week, you all gave me homework. Uh, we have to go to Trefos. We're going to talk about, well, we, so the next section over here, maybe let's wrap this up because uh, the, the next section over here is blood spots and eggs, which has nothing to do with the prohibition of blood, by the way. It has nothing to do with the general prohibition of blood, as we'll see. Um, and we'll, there's a discussion, extensive discussion about blood in, uh, in eggs. So we'll, tr- we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about trephos, right, the, the broken bones, and a little bit of maris iron, a little bit more detail on maris iron, um, which we'll, we'll try to revisit them. I'm not sure in which order we'll try to revisit all those topics. Okay.